Welcome back to another episode of Talking Points. As you can see, we are in a brand new studio. Hopefully, the uh, audio will be a little bit better now. We've literally, this is our first video in the studio, so there might be a few teething problems. It is going to develop, and don't worry, we are going to put something here in a few episodes' time. But as always, thank you so much to everyone who is listening on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And if you are listening on Spotify, then don't forget to give us a five-star review as well. That would be greatly appreciated. But today, I am joined by Hayden Bigman Gullis. Hayden, what are we talking about today? Hello, thank you very much for having me on. Today, we are going to be talking You're welcome, about... <laughs> head-to-head between drivers. In our last podcast, we were talking about the teams where we were predicting that they are going to be in the 2022 season. But this time, it's about the drivers. Who is going to come out on top? So let's kick things off with the team that was bottom last season, Haas. Really interesting one, actually, because both of them, obviously, Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin, they were both rookies last year. It's always really difficult not only to judge two drivers when they're both rookies, but also with the car that they were given. So... I mean, how do you think they're going to do in 2020? Do you still think, I think it's fair to say Mick Schumacher had a comfortable gap. I think he thoroughly beat Nikita Mazepin. And I think actually the biggest thing was the qualifying difference was mm-hmm. quite, it was quite big, let's be honest. Do you think he's still going to have that advantage or do you think Nikita is going to kind of like claw that back a little bit? You would you would expect so because there's no other external factors that came into their battle because they were, there was no one else that they were fighting with. It was between the two of them. Except for Robert Kubica, of course. Well, I mean, Kubica did better than, I think, both of them in his race, I think. I think Mick Schumacher had just finished ahead okay. of one of the races. Um, but, yeah, there was no one else that we, they were really batting with in most of the races. It was just between the two of them, and Mick did come out on top. And, yeah, it was his mainly his qualifying. He got into Q2, I think, on two occasions. I so think, yeah. that is a great achievement. We've seen it before when when George Russell was getting a Williams into Q2. That was a big achievement then. It's still a big achievement for the Haas who were doing it, uh, for Mick Schumacher who was doing it in the Haas. So yeah, I feel it's probably going to go around the same direction. I'm hoping for the team that they are a little bit closer to the rest yeah. of them so they can actually, we can actually get to see how Mick Schumacher does in a battle with other drivers, not just against his own teammate. Because I think it's quite hard to tell how good a driver is when they only have one person to beat. So hopefully they can be a bit better, but I do feel like, yeah, it's going to be another another whitewash for uh, Mick Schumacher against Mazepin. Wow. I mean, I think the one thing with Mick, though, is that if he does get a better car, and again, we don't actually know where the Haas is going to be. They've spent the entire of 2021 focusing on 2022, but he did still make a few mistakes. Obviously, mm-hmm. he was a rookie, so we expected that. But I think even when he got into Q2 in, in like France, he binned it straight away. Monaco was another one. So I think now with that year kind of experience to bet himself into Formula One, I'd kind of inspe- I kind of expect him to cut down on those mistakes as well. And from Nikita, I think it's just finding more pace, really. Because yeah. that, that was the big thing. It wasn't... I know there was that whole joke about, obviously, you know, been spinning. But again, he was a rookie. And he actually stopped spinning, like, after yeah. the first third of the season. The but, spinning, it was the car. Because Mick Schumacher, like, yeah. everyone's taking the mick out. Mazepin for spinning in Bahrain straight away and crashing out. Literally, the next corner, mick- Schumacher did exactly the same thing. So exactly. the car was just not an easy one to drive. Um Mick Schumacher usually does a lot better in his second season of a lot he of does, formulas yeah. that he's done in the past. But I think Mazepin's also in F2. I think he had a much better second season as well. So we'll wait and see. But yeah, I feel. I think there's also an interesting dynamic at that team, though, mm-hmm. because again, yeah. we know that obviously with the Ural line money, which is connected to Nikita Mazepin, like he's got mm-hmm. to deliver as well. I mean, Mick Schumacher, we know that Ferrari are kind of really interested in him. They want to see his development as well. But I think Nikita Mazepin does have to really perform as well because, and so does Mick Schumacher. It's just a really interesting one, but also their dynamic as well because 
they definitely, they were not a smooth partnership in 2021. No. There were multiple. I remember like Zandvoort, there was a bit of beef in qualifying mm. and of course they collided. I think it was in Monza. So it's like three races in a row, wasn't it? Where a few things yeah. happened between them. And what's yeah. going to happen when they have an even better car? Mm-hmm. Like the reason why they were fighting so much is because they were at the back and they almost didn't want to lose out. But I still have kind of, I seriously have doubts in like their relationship as teammates and how well they work together. But I suppose we'll see really, won't we? Yeah, yeah, we will see. I think we're both agreeing then. Mick Schumacher. I'm going to go with Mick. He's going to take the dub on that one. So next team, Alpha. Alpha Romeo. The only team to actually have a rookie in 2022. Mm-hmm. Guan yep. Yuzhou coming in. Really interesting. And also, of course, Valtteri Bottas as well. We got obviously in uh, the last kind of test, uh, Abu Dhabi, the tyre test. We got our first little glimpse of Valtteri Bottas. In his Christmas helmet. And also that that suit as well. I mean, I think we both the saw... Michelin man. It was rough, mate. It was. It literally looked like he put on like about 20 kilos. It was rough, man. But anyway, Valtteri Bottas, away from the Lewis Hamilton pressure from Mercedes, he's took a big step down, let's be honest. A really interesting actually move to not go to Williams and choose Alfa mm-hmm. Romeo. I think, again, he's obviously been at Williams. He's been there, done that. So maybe he thinks that Alfa was a little bit of a better move to kind of a new side of his career. But lined up with a rookie. I mean, how do you see that driver lineup developing? Because... It, that one's definitely, it could go either way. Valtteri yeah. could be amazing or it could be bad. And then we don't even know with Guan Yuzhou. It's an interesting one because the talk is that Guan Yuzhou is in there for the money. And then when Thierry Porcher is ready yeah. to take that seat, he will then replace Guan Yuzhou's shoes. So it's an interesting dynamic. How much are Alpha really going to put in to develop Guan Yuzhou's ability? You know, he could come in and he could absolutely smash it and deliver. But I feel like Bottas is going to be in a much happier place than when he was in... Mer- I, I don't think he was a bad driver in Mercedes. Absolutely I think not. He, no. made, maybe he wasn't as consistent as Lewis Hamilton, but you're going up against Lewis Hamilton, yeah. who is statistically the best driver in F1. <laughs> statistically, okay, all right? Let's not get into that argument. But uh, yeah, I think I think it's looking like it should be Bottas to wipe the floor with him. But you never know. Guan Yu Zhou could come in. I, I've never particularly rated him too highly in F2 because he's been there three seasons and he's never really challenged for the championship right up until the last. And he did get beat out by Robert Schwartzman for second, yeah. even in 2021. So I think that Guan Yu is an okay driver. He can make the odd mistake as well. Mm-hmm. That's certainly something that I've seen in Formula 2. So I wouldn't expect a clean season, but... It's a weird one with him. I do think that if he really gets in the zone and really kind of focuses down, I think he can be a good driver. But it's just that Teoport chair thing in the back. Like, they mm-hmm. know that Teoport chair. I think he's only like even 18 or 19 yeah. just now. Youngest so F2. F2 race winner. Race exactly. Winner, yeah. So they know that he's a special talent and he's going to have to have a big season. But it's a weird one because, again, Valtteri, he wanted to be on a multi-year deal. So he's definitely going to be there for 2023. So that kind of... There's so much pressure that's off Valtteri's shoulders. He can just let the mm-hmm. talent do the talking, and but we know how good he is. There is more pressure on him because now the pressure is on to prove that, you know, you are actually a good driver, that, you know, Lewis Hamilton was just on another level. You yeah. are still a good driver. You know, if you get beaten by Guan Yu Zhou in that first season in Alpha, then it's pretty much yeah. done for you. So the pressure's on for him. The pressure's on for Guan Yu Zhou. There's a lot of pressure on both those drivers. So it could be an interesting season and also depends on the de- development of the car. I do think, though, when it comes to Valtteri, with his experience, like, he is rapid in qualifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, just yeah. even taking his time at Mercedes aside, like, he was amazing in Williams, and I feel like if they can give him an Alpine kind of Alpha Tauri 2021 level mm-hmm. of car, like the fifth or the sixth, I think we could see him on the podium. I think that, again, it's just that pressure. I feel like with Valtteri, like, so with some of his performances, I still go back. I mean, he was... 
I think it was Russia and Monza were like the two kind of Valtteri Bottas races because Monza, he was amazing. Like yeah. just absolutely Even incredible. Turkey as well. Even Let in Turkey as well. Finish. But then you get to Russia and it was such a weak defense against Max Verstappen when they were both kind of yeah. starting at the back. Yeah. It was just, he really lucked out to kind of finish in, I think it was the top six or top five. Mm -hmm. So he needs to find a bit more consistency. And I feel like I'm going to go with obviously Valtteri for this one, but... I am. I'm really looking forward to seeing his kind of revenge season in a way. Yeah, I'm going to go with Valtteri on that one as well. And you know, I'd like to be proved wrong about Guan Yu Zhou. I always say, I always, I do, I do bash him a bit more than maybe other people do. But I love to be proved wrong. And if he does prove me wrong, I will happily say that I'm an idiot. Which you've well, heard it here first. <laughs> go Guan Yu Zhou. Um, I think certainly the next one, Williams. Now that's a really. Mm. I'm going to call it a sketchy lineup. This could literally go either way. Yes. I mean, this could be, first of all, we talk about Nicholas Latifi. I'm someone, I want to be proven wrong by Latifi. I want to see him in, again, an Aston Martin and Alpine in terms of the level of car if we compare it to 2021, because I want to see what he can do when he's not at the back of the grid. Is he actually just a pay driver? Is he there? Mm -hmm. Can he be there for the future? Or is he actually just a pay driver? And then when it comes to Albon, I mean... I've already done predictions on my channel. <laughs> I think he's going to do well, but I mean, it could literally go either way. So the one word I'd use to describe this lineup is sketchy. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just glad that Tomo isn't here because it would have been straight away being yeah. like, Albon's going to smash him, you know, 23 <laughs> races nil. He's going to score all the points. Um, it, yeah, I, I feel like Latifi got closer to Russell, Russell at the end of the season, but then I also feel like Russell just sort of yeah. gave up because he'd already done all the hard work to get that Mercedes seat. It was job done for him. Yeah, I so, think there was just yeah. this feeling of like, I think he took his foot off the gas mm. just a little bit. Yeah, and then Albon, I think he did have a really good first season. I feel like, in all fairness, Kvyat did better than him in that Toro Rosso in that first few, like half a season, I think yeah. they had. But obviously they were never going to take back Kvyat, so Albon was the better option. And I do think I his like podium was... in Germany in 2019 does kind of... Yeah. I think it was closer, actually. I think it was closer than you think, because I feel mm. like that podium kind of really... It really did Kvyat put it in Kvyat, yeah, in Kvyat's favour, true. Um, and I do feel like he did do a good job in Red Bull. I think we've seen now, after three drivers going in that team, just how, not different the cars are, but how much the style is set up to favour... Max is starting. I guess it's just such a unique style that no other driver can really go up against him. Um, so, yeah, I feel like for me, I'm going to go more in Albon's favour because I feel to. like he's got the experience. And I think over, because I think they, they came into F1 or did Albon come in one season before Latifi, didn't he? I think Albon, yeah, because yeah, Albon came in, in 2019. 2019. But then again, the he's missed a season, so they can't have the same experience. I still races. think, though, because Albon, and this is something I've been saying, he's not been brought in to kind of support Nicholas Latifi or do a solid job. No. He's been brought in to replace George Russell. Yeah. Like, the team expect him, and even Jos Capito has been talking in terms of for the future. They do want Albon as almost like their superstar of the future. Mm -hmm. They want to see what he can do when the pressure of Red Bull is away from him. So he has got to deliver. He's got to outscore Latifi. I think he's almost got to thoroughly beat him. It can't really be as close as, say, uh, Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon mm -hmm. in 2021. Like It's got to be Albon quite comfortably ahead, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I've, I feel like, it, but it could be close. I, I want to give a bit of benefit to Nicholas Latifi and say, over the last two years, I have noticed him improving. I think he's done a better job now than what he was doing back in 2020. And I feel like he's more, he's very consistent. I feel like you never really see him make massive blunders where you, you throw know, away yeah. big points. Or like, look at Hungary, for example. There was a lot of pressure. He was third at one point and he held up a lot of drivers for a good amount of laps before he came into the pits, which probably would have been, if, if he'd have done that strategy that maybe the other drivers had done, he might have even got even more points than they had. So I think he can be consistent, but I think Albon's got the pace and I think yeah. pace is just going to 
edge it for me. And I also think that Alex has to come into that team and always just grab it by the scruff of the neck. That has to be his team. He can't... I kind of want to see a bit of a mean side to Alex. He can't mm-hmm. be too much of the nice guy. He needs to make sure that from day one, Williams is almost like his team because uh, he's certainly got the pace. But again, I come back to it. Sketchy lineup. This yeah. could go either yes. way. And I, it's one of my, my most exciting ones. Like, what's going to happen? I mean, I can't wait. I'm going to go with Albon. Who, who gonna I'm going to say Albon just narrowly edges it for me. Like I say, I think it's, Latif will have the consistency, but I think Albon, just that pace will get the better results. Next up. I'm going to put Aston Martin. I mean, um, I'll just hand it straight over to you. It was a very, to be fair, obviously a lot of hype with Seb coming in in 2021. It was a lot closer than I think a lot of of people were expected. How do you feel, how do you think it went between the two of them in 2021? And what are your kind of predictions for... Stroll and Vettel. I always get slammed for this, but I feel like it was a lot closer, as you say, than than it was. I feel like Lance was the more consistent one. He was always either just in the points or just out of it. Like his, if you look at the average finishes, his average finishes was better than Vettel's, and it he was, outraced yeah. him more. But Vettel was better in qualifying. I think, yeah, it was closer than people think. However, Vettel seized the opportunities when there were opportunities to get big points. He delivered. So that was obviously something that I can't defend Lance Stroll as much as I want to. But I feel like Vettel was just better because of that. The, the, the results and obviously missed out on that P2 yeah. in Hungary, which was of no fault of his own. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to back my boy. I'm always going to back Lance Stroll. Love and it. I'm going to say Lance. But I think, again, it could be quite close between the two of them. And I hope that they can continue to grow the team. Because I feel like, as we've said in last podcast, Aston Martin aren't going to be a team that are going to be pushing for race wins this season. If they do, then that's fantastic. But I think it's a long-term plan for them. So they've just got to work on developing the car and hopefully it's enough to keep Sebastian there. Yeah, and obviously we've seen very recently uh, Otmar Zafner as well has been Mm. kind of dropped as he left. I mean, there's a bit of ambiguity there. Is he really going to Alpine? (laughs) Is he going to go to Alpine? It's a weird one. So that team is definitely in a building phase, I think. And what did you think about... Because again, I mean, off the track, it looked great between, you know, Seb and Lance, mm-hmm. but there were a few moments where they kind of came together. There was there were, still a few little shaky moments. There were. There was obviously Italy where I think Lance, I, I don't like that sort of, and I say it all the time, I don't like it when drivers push each other off the track to say, like, you're on the outside, this is my position. Like, as Alonso said, yeah. all the time you have to leave the space. And that's something that I like to live by. Um, but then again, the one in Russia, I feel like you're in wet, you're in dry tires. Like, I don't know why you're sending out the inside when it's like that bad. So I think there was a few moments between them two, but... I feel like they can sort it out. Seb is Seb is a great ambassador for the sport, and I think he's got a very mature head on him. He's not just going to throw his toys out the pram like maybe yeah. the early Red Bull days. I think it's a lot different place. And I think Lance is. I feel like Lance is quite a cool-headed person anyway. I don't Except for like, that one lap in Russia, where it's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, yeah, and it yeah. spins off I think, off I think everyone away. was like that in, in that Russia. Was, that was one of the best pieces of team radio. Um, but yeah, I, f- I feel like it will still be fine. Um, I feel like the the only real pairing that is a bit worrying is more the Haas one. I, think, I don't think Aston Martin's anywhere near that level. I think every team's going to have every now and again two drivers come head-to-head, and it just depends on who is running that team yeah. and how good they are at keeping them together and we'd have to wait and see who's and they, that team. And they were close. The thing I kind of thought about Lance is that Seb had kind of the season I thought, you know, when his quality needed to shine, he was mm-hmm. there. It was still a bit shaky at times. There were a few mistakes, obviously crashing into Ocon and I think the two spins at Zandvoort and Silverstone. Counted as an overtake though, the one in Bahrain. It did, it did oh count my, as an yeah, overtake. That was, that was hilarious. That counts as an overtake. You can't but send it, rear end it. Exactly, there you go. <laughs> and also, I've seen him sim-, sim drive, by the way, and he is not a clean driver. So I don't know what you're on about. I, I'm with Alonso on that one. 
the one thing I will say is that Lance did have an opportunity to beat Seb, and I feel like the thing that Seb will have now is that one shaky start, you know, that one shaky mm-hmm. season where the car wasn't quite as good. Now that that's gone, do you think it's going to get even closer? Or do you think Seb is going to kind of go to the next level? Like, I mean, he's yeah. still got lots of years on his side. He's only like 34 or something. Yeah, everyone everyone feels like he's just going to retire like next season. Everyone feels like he's older than he actually is. And I think yeah. Seb, Seb loves the sport and obviously he's a lot... He's not that old. You know, look at Alonso still going. I think he's still got a lot of years ahead of him. I think it relies on one thing for Lance. Pull your finger out and get qualifying. Stop messing up in qualifying because that is yeah. honestly what lets him down massively is his qualifying. And we've seen it all the way throughout his career unless it's way. in the wet. It used in to the be, wet, he can qualify. But if it's dry, you're always going to get beaten by your teammate. I remember it used to be almost a meme. I think it was in 2018 when the Williams was really bad. I think he kept going out in Q1. It was, for, it was the first season racing point. With the 2019. Yeah. He kept going out in Q1. Q1. And it was like yeah. a massive streak. So, but again, we've he's been in Formula 1 for, what is it, four years now. So he needs to kind of start. Yeah. Because Seb's, even. like you say, Seb was less consistent. He had more spins, more mistakes in him. So that ruined his better qualifying performances and allowed Lance to outrace him. But if he gets rid of those, then it's just going to be a bit more of a whitewash. So, yeah, please, Lance, please start your qualifying. I'm still going to go with Seb. I think that team, I think he's building it more around him. He, he's almost kind of come into that team. And it's a weird one. Even before the first race, it was almost like it's Seb's team now in a similar way to maybe Fernando and uh, Alpine. But before we get to Alpine, I'm going to go with Seb. You said you're going to go with... going to go with Lance. I can't, I can't not go against Lance, so... It was close enough to where I don't... You know, it could happen. Like, it's not... It's going to be an interesting one, for sure. Next up, I'm going to go with Alpha Tauri because okay. Gasly is going to be great, mm-hmm. no doubt. You know, I've, I don't have any doubts about Gasly. Yuki Tsunoda, though, he got that really early contract extension. I think it was in yep. Spa. Absolute quality. He was like, yeah, I couldn't believe when they phoned me up. <laughs> I love that interview from him. Uh, maybe a bit too honest, actually, but... There are so many good Red Bull juniors just waiting yes, in Formula 2 for that seat, and he needs to deliver. Like, this is it. This is crunch time. Who is there now? Because there's Vips, there's Lawson, there's Hauger. Hauger. Even Daruvla, I think, is on the books as so well. So four drivers. Lawson as well. I mean, yeah. it's just, there's so many Red Bull juniors that want to be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, what... And I'm even, honestly, even Albon, if they if if he's still under a Red Bull contract, like which I think he is, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's kind of like a little bit linked there yeah, as well. They can kind of kind of when they, they push Carlos Sainz out, I think it's that sort of sort of vibe. So yeah, he really does have to perform. And we did see it at the end of the season. I think he did start to get some good results. Yeah. I think his qualifying was quite good last season. I think his, it improved I think it improved actually. I wouldn't say quite good because there was actually quite a few times where middle of the season it was really kind of yeah. sketchy because he was going out in Q1 with the likes mm-hmm. of the Williams and the Alfa Romeo. I feel like towards the end of the season it definitely got better, but his season was str- so strange because he really did like I mean, he came into Formula 1 with a bang in that mm-hmm. Bahrain. The yeah. result I think was still only a P10, so it wasn't like massive points, but just the performance yeah. and then that final race as well, he absolutely mugged oh, Bottas. Sent it embarrassing from Bottas. <laughs> Honestly, it was so bad on that last lap. But the middle portion, basically, I think it was 22 races. So the yeah. 20 races in the middle were just yeah. bad. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's easy to look at it as like a sandwich. It was good here, good here, bad in the middle. But I think it was a bit more of like a, a roller coaster, like yeah. up and down. I think you can, we should be allowed to expect that from a rookie. I think it's amazing when a rookie comes in and they absolutely smash it because you can go, oh my God, you could potentially be world championship material. Not every driver in Formula 1, unfortunately, is going to be world championship material. Like as a much Leclerc as, or something in Yeah, as much as, as they want to think that they can go on and win the championship, chances are a lot of them aren't. But a lot of them can be very good drivers, consistent drivers, and do amazing jobs for their teams. And, you know, let's allow him to have a sketchy rookie season. And I think he did a really good job in F2. 
Yeah. I think he should have had another year in F2. They should have put Albon into that seat. But hopefully he can sort out those mistakes. It's just a shame because he is going up against Gasly, who I think is in the form of his life at the moment. Like really trying to see what seat that he can get maybe in 2023 yeah. if anything opens up. I just feel like the whole Red Bull program for him is almost like a little dead end now because yeah. I think Perez is going to take a step up. Obviously, we'll you know, talk mm-hmm. about Red Bull a little bit later. But in terms of Gasly, I mean, it's a weird one with Gasly because he's been so great. But I still have this kind of like, I don't want to over just overrate and overhype him too much just yet because I don't want to build him up. It's been great to see his comeback. But I've been one of those people that's hesitant to really build him up to say he's a future world champion. Get him mm-hmm. in the Red Bull right now because if it goes wrong again, I mean... How many hits can the guy take? So he's on a really good run. I think that he just needs to leave Red Bull. Yeah. Again, do a good job in 2022, which I'm sure he will, but kind of start maneuvering, looking at other teams. But it's going to be difficult because all of the top teams, they kind of have their young drivers mm. already there. Does he need to go to, you know, wh- where is the space for him, actually? It's, it's yeah. going to be difficult. The, the, only, the only place I can see is if Hamilton goes in the next yeah, couple of years. 100%. Alpine potentially, but there's not a good relationship between him and Ocon. And they've got Piastri as well. I and feel they've like got that. Piastri as well. The only other one is McLaren. And if Ricardo doesn't perform or if Lando finds something elsewhere, which I unfortunately don't see happening either way, I think Ricardo will perform. So I, yeah, it's it's really putting all your all your hopes and dreams on Lewis Hamilton retiring and, and, yeah. and going there. But that is Formula One at the end of the day. Sometimes the perfect opportunity opens up for you Timing. at the right time. Sometimes it doesn't. Like, look at Nico Hulkenberg. I think people said that he was amazing, but no top seat opened up for him yeah. and never got a podium. I do also know that Gasly and Hamilton have played Call of Duty in the past. Like, do you reckon they're on, like, you know, talking about... <laughs> yeah, he's just Lewis, like, do you think it's time to retire? Yeah. Just, <laughs> just give me the seat. Let me slide in there into that Mercedes. So, yeah, with Gasly, oh, I still feel like he's stuck a little bit. He's going to keep... We know that he's going to be amazing regardless of what car he's going to be given, but... Yeah, that driver lineup. I'm still going to go with Gasly, obviously, yeah. but Sonoda needs to be closer to Gasly. Even yeah. though Gasly's on the form of his life and one of the best drivers on the grid now, especially in that midfield, it needs to be closer. Yeah, I so, say yeah. Gasly as well. And I think Yuki will will get closer, but I think Gasly will still. Now, the next bit. one, which could be pretty close and pretty interesting, like it was in 2021, the Alpine driver mm. lineup. Fernando Alonso, second year returning. I think he's going to turn 41 in like June or July, so we're really getting into the years yes. now. And Esteban Ocon coming off the back of, he had a bit of a shaky, I think, comeback in 2020, but really bounced back in 2021 and got yeah. his first ever win as well. I mean, he, he I, I feel like Ocon was quite overhyped in 2021. I don't know why. I just feel like he got that contract and then the results sort of fell away and then he got the race win, which was a fortuitous race win. Actually, do you know what? Even take that away, Saudi Arabia, he was about, was a great race he was about 10 well. metres away yeah. from a podium. It was a great race for him as well in Saudi Arabia. But, but you would know everything about uh, Valtteri Bottas uh, stealing good podiums. I mean, <laughs> yes. Lance still made it, but he could have been, been a second in that. Yeah, he still got his podium, yeah. did Lance. Um, but Locked yeah, I feel, <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I, I don't think, I feel like Alonso had a much better season. The one thing I will say about Alonso, though, is Kimi Raikkonen last season was the perfect time to realise, okay, it's time to go. Yeah. I feel like he made too many mistakes and maybe that is age coming into it. Those reactions aren't quite there. And I feel like the season before, I didn't see anything from Kimi that like, made me think, this guy, is, it's time to retire. So it could just go so quickly for Alonso as well. He can just get to an age where the reactions have just gone. So that's one thing that could come into it for Alonso. But for me, Alonso was just surprised at the season. For, I, well, I mean, I, I backed him from the start. I was like, this is Fernando Alonso. He's gone and done other things and he's gone and won them. You can't write off Fernando Alonso. I think a lot of people just didn't want him in that seat because they liked the younger drivers coming in, which in all fairness, they didn't have the license points so they couldn't come in anyway. Yeah. Um, 
But Alonso delivered, and I think a lot of those people who said he shouldn't have taken that seat are now thinking, do you know what? I was wrong. Like, he performed. But he's, but he's got to back it up, though. He does. Because the kind of elephant in the room is Oscar Piastri. Mm-hmm. Because he won, what was it? Formula The Formula Renault Euro Cup in 2019. Then he goes on and wins F3 straight away. Then he goes on and wins F2. And that that means he can't be in Formula 2 next year. So yeah. he is on the sidelines. He is clearly a special talent. And how is that going to factor into everything? Yeah. Because Alonso needs to... The easy thing for Alpine is that if Fernando Alonso under-delivers and it does kind of look like, you know, maybe his time is up, that's easy then. You know, mm-hmm. you drop Fernando Alonso and you've got Oscar Piastri and Esteban Ocon, but what about if Alonso really does deliver and is almost clear of Esteban Ocon? Because Alonso still doesn't have a contract for 2023. Ocon does. He's got mm-hmm. a contract till 2024. Yeah. So they're, they're in a kind of strange little place there. Yeah, it was strange. It was so strange that Ocon got that really long deal. Yeah. Like, if it was me looking at it and you and Oscar Piastri is just knocking on that door, who are you going to get rid of? I feel like I would back Alonso to get the results. I'd back him to get the wins, maybe win the championship if they have the car that is there. I don't back Ocon to do that. So I would push out Ocon and get in Piastri if that choice was there. In I a think- few years, when Alonso retires, there's other drivers on that grid. You look at Gasly, who can easily come into that yeah. seat. You've got other drivers there who could do an amazing job, the same job as Ocon, if not maybe a better job than Ocon. So there, there's, yeah, it's a weird one that it was such a long contract when the performances, I just don't think, deserved it. I mean, I think that was right at the beginning of the season. I think it was right after the French Grand Prix. Well, no, mm-hmm. just before the French Grand Prix. And he was really kind of on a roll at the time. So I just thought the timing and the length was really strange. Like if they gave him another year extension, yeah. so, you know, till the end of maybe even 2023, I mean, that would have been quite mm-hmm. a big one as well. But a three, I think it was a three-year yeah. extension like that is... Because it was coming was around the same time when other drivers had... Leclerc has a long contract, Verstappen. Yeah. And you can look at those two and go, look at Leclerc's 2019 season. Look at what Verstappen's done at Red Bull. You just, they want to keep those drivers for as long as possible. Ocon, I, don't get me wrong, he's a great driver, but I don't think he's done anything that amazing. The win obviously is great, but it was a lucky I'm almost win, taking the win. I'm, I'm almost taking the win out of it. I'm looking at yeah. the, the rest of the season, how close he was in qualifying to Alonso, although Fernando's never been the best qualifier to be honest. But even in the races, there were moments know, like sure. even... Exactly, yeah. <laughs> even in, I remember when Fernando in Qatar, like even though Fernando got the podium, I think it was Ocon that had a really good race and finished like in fifth. So even for getting the win, I, I don't want to underrate Esteban mm-hmm. Ocon because... He's a driver who's had a lot kind of against him and he's really got a point to prove in Formula mm-hmm. 1. And I thought 2021 was a really good season. So it's just Alpine is really kind of fascinating with the whole Oscar Piastri, how they're going to sort that out. Are they going to be able to find him a seat either at Alpine or somewhere else? Is Fernando Alonso really, you know, he believes that he can win the championship. Mm-hmm. He needs to back that up now. He had a yeah. solid start in 2021 and I was very happy to see him back in Formula 1, but he needs to go even further, I think, now. So who, who are you going for? I'm going for Alonso, but the clock is ticking. The, the age clock is yes. ticking, so he needs to get these wins and these this third championship, if that's what he really, really wants, done as soon as possible. Or become the oldest ever champion in F1, which would be absolutely insane. I'd love to see it. There is, <laughs> yes, there is a clock on L plan. I'm still going to go with Fernando. And I'm, I, I'm not going to say he's going to be comfortable, but I think the gap is actually going to be bigger in points than it was in 2021. Let's go next to McLaren. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean... In a, in a weird way, it's almost to me similar to Alpha Tauri because I know, you know, Lando Norris is going to be great, I'm sure. Yeah. But Ricardo is going to be the big one where he needs to kind of, mm-hmm. th- this is the brand new regs. Yes, he wasn't really comfortable with the car. He's now had a chance to embed himself into the team. This is going to be a big year because something that I've talked about is 
is was that just a blip? Because I think we forget how good he was in 2020. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy how people's perceptions can change in just the space yeah. of a year. Yeah. People have short memories in Formula One. People have very short memories in Formula One. Exactly. And was 2021 just a blip? Or was it the beginning of maybe him just kind of dipping down a little bit in form? I don't think it was a blip. I think it's I think it's typical, maybe, maybe not typical, but it, it's sort of Ricardo. Like you look at Renault season one. I don't think it, I don't remember it being a great season for him. Him and Nico Hulkenberg, I think, were quite similarly matched. I think Ricardo bet, bettered him. It was more towards the end of the season. I think Ricardo kind of really Yeah, I think, I think they, they had a lot of problems there. It was, there was a lot of struggles within that first season at Renault. And it, I remember a lot of, because I mean, there's a lot of Ricardo fans. I'm not surprised because you know he's, he's got great personality in the paddock um and I, I remember seeing a lot of them being really downhearted over that season and, and i think it was the same again last season and i think it just takes a while maybe for him to get because he's very much a late breaker he's a big dive bomber he's a late breaker and if he's not comfortable with the brakes he can't do his speciality in that car i feel like he's going to come back and i hope he does come back and i think it's going to be is he going to come back enough to beat norris is he going to come back enough to beat norris i mean this is where you got to make your predictions yeah, this i is- I do. He's got to be closer because I don't believe that Daniel Ricciardo has done. I do think no. that it was just a one strange season. The McLaren was also a bit of a strange car. Like he was literally tutored like over the team radio of how to drive it going into the mm-hmm. corners because he just wasn't hundred percent comfortable. But again, we saw the class on on a weekend where the car clearly was very yeah. good in Monza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He totally capitalised it, and it wasn't. What's really strange is that we we talked about Esteban Ocon grabbing a lucky win. Of course, he was put in the position, but when it comes to Ricciardo's win in Monza. He qualified well. Yeah. He had a good he sprint race. Verstappen he overtook start, Verstappen. And, and we saw it. we saw Lewis struggle to overtake the uh, McLarens in that race. So yeah. there is no kind of... that You can't say that Verstappen would have been yeah. able to easily overtake the McLarens. So he deserved that win and he got it. So the quality is still there, but it's all about is the car... Is yeah. it going to match the car? How is it going to work with the team? So I'm really... I'm hoping for a big comeback, but I think Same. Norris... I think he's going to be still too strong for Ricardo. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit because Norris was so good at the start of the season. He was on fire, but at the end of the season, there was a lot of bad luck that came in. But a lot I of th- punctures. He's got a lot of punctures. Um, but then also Ricardo also had a lot of bad luck. You look at Hungary; he could have been on the podium. I think he was the next one through. If it was, I don't, I can't remember which driver took them out, but. Uh, yeah, I some, some, I some driver. I don't know, I don't know who it was. But, I do. Uh, <laughs> he could have three bottles. <laughs> <laughs> he could have got on the podium in that one. Had Ricardo potentially in Hungary in in that race. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like Ricardo will step it up. And do you know what? I'm gonna go Ricardo. I'm gonna go different. I'm gonna go bold on this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna back him. I'm seeing a lot of nodding from producer Matt as well. He <laughs> agrees with the with the Ricardo pick. I just want to get back on the Talking Points podcast, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see about that. Uh, I do think, I think it's got to be close. I think it will I be closer so. because Ricardo, there were just glimpses of his quality. I don't think he's done. I don't think the speed is gone. I think it was just purely the car, but mm-hmm. it's going to matter so much how he works with the team. I mean, but Norris, I mean, he did such a good job. I'm still going to go Lando. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go Fair Ricardo, enough. Norris. It's going to be close. Hopefully, and we'll, we'll see the Honey Badger yeah. back, I am sure. Hopefully it'll be close and they can get McLaren back to where I think a lot of people want to see them. Absolutely. Ferrari, very, I mean, first of all, let's go back to 2021. <laughs> How many people, Carlos Sainz just keeps proving people yeah. kind, of ro- kind of over and over again. Mm-hmm. How many people predicted for him to finish ahead of Leclerc yeah. in his first ever season? I've always backed Sainz, but my heart is always with Leclerc. Like I think Leclerc is just such a special guy. I, I, yeah. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm a simp for him, but I think that he is just a great driver. And I think 2019 showed that. But then with Carlos Sainz, 
I feel like when he came into the sport and all the hype was about Verstappen in that team. And whilst Verstappen I did the better job, scored more points, I yep. think it was, again, a team, I think, like Aston Martin. It's between the edge of the points and just outside the points. And if you have a great performance, you're going to score some big points and that's going to put you way far ahead of your teammate. Um, so I think Sainz did a great job in his first season and I think every season since then. I think he's always done a really, really good job. And now it's coming to Ferrari and people have finally been like, oh, damn, this guy is actually... He's actually decent. He's actually pretty good. <laughs> so... This is a really, really tough one because my head says science, but my heart says Leclerc. Like, this is a really, really tough one. I think Leclerc, we know he can perform. And I think Leclerc is going through a phase of his career that is very similar to what Verstappen had in, was it 2017 or 2018, where he remember he had like, all those crashes in the first rounds. It was at the beginning. Just driving style and he said he was going like, to yeah, headbutt them or something. It was at the beginning of 2018. I think he had six incidents yeah. in six races and... Leclerc is also, and to be fair, after that, he went, I think there was a crazy podium run mm -hmm. until 2019. And to be fair, Leclerc is one of those drivers that last year, there's no doubt that he was the faster driver on pure pace. Mm -hmm. But there were moments where, yes, he got unlucky massively. Obviously, you know, the likes of Hungary and Monaco, though. Monaco is a weird one where even though Ferrari, to be fair, it's kind of moot that Ferrari didn't even spot the broken drive shaft because even mm -hmm. if they replaced it, he, he still would have started right at the back. Or I think it was it would have been in the pit lane. So and you know starting in the pit lane at the back in Monaco yeah, kind Monaco, of doesn't matter. So no. it was still the fact that he crashed. You know that kind of spoiled the weekend. But he is so fast, and I just think if Ferrari do get it right and the car is much better, maybe even potentially a championship capable car, or at least a car that can consistently or semi consistently challenge for race wins. Do you, I just think that Leclerc might go to another level? I think he's mm -hmm. really. Th th there's a bit of a shock to the system. Like, Carlos Sainz has come in and he is no joke. Yeah. I think Leclerc's really kind of got to understand that Leclerc is still the better driver. He's still the quicker one. I think Carlos Sainz is the smarter driver and yeah. on some of the races where he's definitely a better wet weather driver, there's no doubt about that. But I feel like Leclerc, with all of that talent, needs to realise Sainz is serious and he needs to up his game for next yeah. year. Yeah, I think it's a similar to the Williams situation. I think Sainz has the consistency, but Leclerc has the pace. He has, on his day, can just absolutely smash it and I think a lot of people are predicting Ferrari are going to be the team to beat if it yeah. is then we could have an amazing championship battle on our hands oh what do I do here um I think, coin, mate. I think Leclerc I think I'm going with Leclerc I'm going with Leclerc I'm going with my heart and he's going to smash it and I think it's going to be close it's going to be a very very close season between the two of them but like I say on his day I think he's just going to pull it out of the bag. And I do actually, just another thing, I mean, I'm going to contradict myself because I am going to pick Leclerc, <laughs> but I will just say, Carlos Sainz, he's been able to adapt to every single team, yep. every single car, so many, you know, quite a few different regulation periods now, so I wouldn't expect mm. him to even have a problem in 2022, but yep. I, there's still something about Leclerc that when it comes down to it, I think he's got a little bit more pace and ultimately, I mean, we saw in 2019 when he did have a winning car yep. and he was still a very rough diamond even then. He's a much more polished driver now. Yep. He still needs to calm down just a little bit, but yeah, I'm going to go yeah. with Leclerc. It's going to be close. It's going to be tight. And I am 100% sure that Sainz is going to prove us wrong because he always does. <laughs> On to the next one then. On to the next one. Uh, Red let's Bull? go Red Bull. Yeah, yeah, let's leave Mercedes till okay. last. I mean, <laughs> tricky one, this one. No, I mean, Max Verstappen versus Sergio yeah. Perez. What are we going to say about that? I, I, I would love to see Sergio Perez. And I, I think the car... I think about saying beat car. Verstappen. I was it, like... It's a new car. So there is the potential for it to go to a more equal playing field between the two of them. Do I see that happening? No, because Max Verstappen is their, is their star. It's their hero. So I feel like they're putting all their eggs. And Perez, you know, they've got a big junior team. They can easily just take one out and put another one back in if it doesn't work. Like, that's what they do. So I feel like they're going to go Max Verstappen's way again. 
And I, I've said it in last week's podcast, I feel like they're going to be on the lower end of the championship runners. I feel like they're going to be playing catch-up because of what they've done this season. But I think Max will still fight for podiums. Perez, we're going to see in a Gazi situation from 2019. He's going to be... Because I think we're going to have so many teams fighting for the championship, I feel yeah. like. I think if we have five teams fighting for the championship, that's the top 10. So if you're struggling with midfield cars, you're outside the top 10. And I feel like that is unfortunately what we could see with Sergio... So for me, it's pretty simple. But I would love to be proved wrong. And I'd love to see Sergio, you know, get race wins, get podiums, be up there as well and potentially fight for a championship. I think the highlight of what you just said, did you say five teams fighting for the championship? Five teams fighting for the championship. That's what I'm going for. Mate, someone's hopes are maybe a bit too high. <laughs> I'm an optimistic human being. I, mean, I always set myself up for disappointment. Listen, listen, <laughs> if we get that, it would be amazing. I think the only thing with Perez for me, I do think he's going to get closer because... He always finds a way. Sergio Perez, even though he didn't have a great 2021, especially when you look at the entire season, for a first time at Red Bull, he did get the win when he needed to. Mm -hmm. He did go on a pretty decent run. I think it was Turkey. It was midfield area, wasn't it? It was the kind midfield of... Midfield season. I think, to be honest, it was a little bit later in terms of like uh, with the podiums. Okay, I yeah, think yeah, from yeah. like Turkey and also the US as well. So he did go on a decent run, but... The only thing I will say is that I think with George Russell coming into Mercedes, if Ferrari do get better... As good as Perez is, and I think he's an amazing driver, he really did do a solid job. He's just a safe pair of hands most of the time. I think the quality of the drivers up front has seriously gone up. Science is now at Ferrari. Russell now in a Mercedes. Verstappen, Hamilton, you know, Leclerc always there. And ultimately, as good as Perez is, I just think on a talent level, he's just not as good as the guys up front. Like, it's just as simple as that. And that's no yeah. shame because all of those guys, well, we'll see obviously with George Russell, he'll really be able to prove himself. But all of those guys are top quality drivers. And I mean, obviously, we're going to go for Verstappen. I mean, are you going to go for Verstappen? I'm going to go for Verstappen. I'm going to disagree with you on when saying that Perez is not a top quality. I think he is. I think he's just unfortunately in a team where he will never be able to show that. I think because the car will always be suited to Max. And, you know, there'll be people that say that that's not a thing. It, look, we've had three drivers now. It is a thing that the car is suited. It's not necessarily got two different cars. It's just the way it's set up it just doesn't suit anyone else's driving style. Max is just, you know, on another level. So, yeah, I feel like Verstappen, it's going to be quite an easy one, I think. Actually, but the bigger question I'll, I'll ask you, do you think Perez is going to be there in 2023? Uh, Done him. <laughs> it's a tough one because... It's, it is, isn't it? I, if if he has a, a, a year that I think he's going to have, which is the same as the 2019 from Gasly, I'd say no. But then unless Sonoda steps up, because I don't see them taking back Gasly because they never go back. And I, and I hear from rumours that Gasly fell out with a lot of people in Red Bull. So I feel like they're never going to take him back up to the top team. Sonoda, unless he has an amazing season, he's not going in that seat. And then you're not going to put an F2 driver. So he could just stay in that seat because there's no one else, unless they do what they did again and someone has a standout season from yeah. a team that is maybe Ocon does get dropped and... And Ocon and Verstappen or, or it's Alonso Verstappen. <laughs> Who knows? But I feel like Perez is going to stay there because I just don't feel like there's anyone else to pick up. Producer Matt is just absolutely face because <laughs> That is box office. Oh, Ocon and Verstappen. If you know anything about their junior careers, I mean, they had a few comments oh, yeah, together. Oh, about Brazil. <laughs> a Brazil as well. It's just clicks. Sorry. Yeah. I want to see I mean, that. I want to see more of that. Come oh, on. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, yeah. So exactly. Piastri and Alonso and Alpine. Ocon and Verstappen at Red, Red Bull. Red Bull scales sales would go through the roof. Exactly. So that's yeah. great marketing. Can't wait to look back <laughs> on that at the end of the year. And then I think arguably, no, 
easily the most interesting one. Yes. Easily the most kind of thing that everyone's looking forward to. How good is Russell really? How good is, is he going to be up against Lewis Hamilton at Mercedes? Also, what kind of car is he going to be given? I mean, it's really weird. I've been a believer in George Russell ever since I saw him in F2. I've been championing yep. him ever since 2019. Even when he was beaten by the GOAT Kubica, I know it was one point. But when you look at his performances and the cars that he's been given... I talked about Latifi where I haven't really seen too many glimpses. You do see glimpses and mm-hmm. especially like the lap at Spa. Unbelievable qualifying. You do Usher see glim- well. Exactly. You do see the spark. Mm-hmm. You do see glimpses of absolute brilliance. But now he's got to deliver and it's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of pressure. And I think he'll stand up to it. It also depends again what the car is. With, with new regulations, we could see, I doubt it because Mercedes have shown that they are the best when it comes to regulation changes and getting it right. But imagine if it's a backmarker team again and George Russell's at the back again. No points. But I feel like by Williams. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very very interesting scenario that we're going into. Again, is Lewis Hamilton going to continue? I think he is. I I don't see him retiring. I think he is going to continue. And yeah, is this finally going to be the one to topple Lewis Hamilton as a teammate? We're going to have to wait and see. Because the thing is, it was close. Obviously, it was really close between him and Rosberg. And I feel like mm-hmm. I've always said kind of in those three hybrid kind of hybrid era years that they were together between 2014 and 2016, I think two and one in terms of championships was fair because that's yeah. how close they were. As yeah, teammates. Like I Rosberg, think Rosberg really underrated, really yeah. underrated champion. And I, I love Nico Rosberg. I think fair. almost realizing how good he, he we realized how good he was when he actually left. But this will be another one of those challenges. I think this is going to be closer to the Alonso partnership of 2007. Maybe the button one as well, though. I feel like Lewis in terms of pace was a bit clearer, though. 2011 was mm-hmm. not his best ever season. I think it's going to be super close between them. I'm going to let you go first because I'm still making my <laughs> yeah. mind up. I'm going to make I'm, my mind up I'm right I'm still making second. my mind up as well. Uh, yeah, it's going to be it's, it's, oh, it's going to be so interesting. It's so difficult. I, Could I wanna, George Russell beat Lewis Hamilton? I want to go with Lewis because I want him to get the eighth. I, you know, I am British bias. I am well, a supporter. British yeah, now, I know. So. I'm support, but I want Britain, a Brit to be on the top of the records. You know, I, I, if to see Lewis Hamilton at the top. I love Michael Schumacher. You know, I, I was a Formula 1 fan at the start. Uh, for me, and it was Michael Schumacher dominating, so he was my favourite driver then. But to see Lewis Hamilton, who then fully got me into the sport when the hype over here was in 2007, 2008, when he was fighting for the championship, for him to then be the eighth-time world champion, the top record holder yeah. for the most championships would be an amazing thing for me to see. So I want to see him come out on top. So I will say Lewis, but... If George Russell comes out and beats him, I will also be very happy because it shows for me that it's another guy from my country that is pushing it at the top and another person to potentially take over that mantle and, and then support in the future. I mean, his British bias is just... It's, it's actually beautiful to listen have, to, I'm not going to lie. It's its just being patriotic, you know? All the Dutch Verstappen fans, yeah, they have yeah. it as well, you know? And it's great to see. I think that's great in Formula One that we have that from them. And I, I wish over here in Britain <laughs> that we'd, you know, we'd be flying some flares about and having a bit more fun than they do, but... I'm a little bit jealous of the Dutch party, to, to be fair. fair. Zandvoort are mental. Yeah. I definitely want to go there. But <laughs> I think what's also... I mean, a big question is, if the car is not as good, you know, as maybe obviously it was this year, and maybe even in 2020 as well, because, I mean, that was a mega car. If Mercedes do drop back, who do you think would deal... How do you think it would go with a worse car, maybe a little bit tricky for both of the drivers? Because I'd love um, to see both of them, in a way, on the back foot and see who comes out on top. It's a difficult one to see, because I... 
When was the last time that Lewis had a, a sort of midfieldish car? Maybe like twenty. I'd say two thousand nine was the real well, yeah, yeah true, at the, the beginning. One and he did get a race win, but it was only once the team sort of played catch up, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and then Russell's always been in that situation where he's been fighting. He hasn't even mix, had. You know? I would argue he he hasn't even had a midfield car. Like I wouldn't even call the yeah. twenty twenty one Williams a yeah. midfield car if you're like barely scraping the points where there's loads of carnage. So yeah. he's only ever driven backmarkers really. And I mean, if it does turn into a midfield team, then Lewis Hamilton is maybe not retiring. He could find himself going somewhere else. Don't know where. Let's go Red Bull for Staff and Hamilton in the same team. Let's get away in the offer. Everyone's one. going yeah. to Red Bull in twenty twenty three. All the drama. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I, I want to say Hamilton. I okay. Just, I just want to go. One last thing, because there's been a lot of comparisons between obviously Leclerc going to Ferrari in 2019 mm-hmm. with Sebastian Vettel. What would be, you know, even if he doesn't beat Lewis Hamilton, what do you think would be a good season, a good first season in Mercedes? Because I don't necessarily think that George Russell, to be really considered a top talent, I don't think he needs to beat Lewis Hamilton, but I think they're going to be within 20 points of each other. He has to be close, unless, of course, there is... Uh, Say he has some really bad luck at the start of the season, he's out of a championship fight, and Lewis is in a championship fight, and he yeah, plays a great course. wingman, which you know I think is fine to see. You can have team orders, you can have a team player. I think that's the whole point of having two two drivers for a team. You work together to try and maximise the victories that you have. If he can play that role, if he is in a place where he's out of the championship, that might lose him a lot more points, then that's still also fine. But I agree, he does... Because he is hyped up to be this great, massive talent. And he's also, he's been at, he's been with Mercedes in terms of testing cars. Mm. He's been there since 2017 in terms of like trying all yeah. of the cars. He knows the team. I don't, I actually have this expectation, obviously, because I do rate Russell so highly as a future multiple-time world champion. I'm not looking for three or four races for him to get ready. I'm thinking just like Leclerc. Leclerc would have won the 20, was it? The second race of the season in 2019 in the Ferrari. I think Russell will be bang on the money straight away. Because mm-hmm. he's I had enough so time well. with the team I mean, we did see it. We we saw a glimpse in Sakir. We and he went up against Bottas, and yeah. he didn't qualify on pole, but he got him at the start, and he arguably he have won that race. should have won that race. You know, it was a race win that unfortunately was taken away from him. But we got to see Sergio Perez get a win, so it was still a great day. So his his race win is coming, and it's going to come this season. But yeah, I feel I feel like he can come out of the blocks and just absolutely smash it. I think, I think we are going to see Alonso Hamilton. From 2007 again. It's going to be box office, no doubt. I'm just looking forward to seeing where Lewis Hamilton's head is. And again, I think we just, we can't forget it. It is Sir Lewis Hamilton in that car. I mean, seven-time world champion. Would have been eight if it wasn't for that crazy final lap. actually gives you a few extra brake horsepower as well. Clearly it does. I think we're both both going for Hamilton just, right? Yeah. yeah. But Russell within, even as a big Russell fan, should I just, no, I'm going to go with George Russell. (laughs) Just to be a little bit different, I'm going to go with George Russell. He's going to absolutely smash it and he's going to finish just ahead of Lewis Hamilton. Let let Hamilton win the eighth and then we'll go for Russell dominance (laughs) for the next decade, okay? Then it's fine. (laughs) I'll take that deal. (laughs) Well, anyway, there you go. That is our driver head-to-head for the 2022 season. Let us know actually what you think and which teammates are going to come out on top in the comments box below. And if you did enjoy this video and don't forget to drop a like and also you've got to subscribe don't you and you also do. don't forget if you are listening on spotify then give us that five star review as well and we'll see you in the next one goodbye bye